we were hunting, like, I think there was, like, a bat that got in a trash can. Um, oh, hell yeah. Don't ask me... Okay, don't ask me how this happened, but... So, there was a bat that got in a trash can. And two of my buddies were like, well, let's all three of us just see if we can, you know, catch it. Alright? So, he gives us, like, these fucking metal baseball bats, and we're all standing, like, next to this trash can. There's three of us, like... All of us are like, you know, like in our batting stance trying to wait for this thing to come out. I don't know. I really don't know what led to this, but I think what ended up happening is the thing just got too scared and stayed in there. But yeah, that was an experience. I I don't know why I thought of that, but yeah. Hitting a bat with a bat. I think the tuck rule is, is a crock personally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Too bad you got screwed that tuck rule up. That one doesn't count. Huh? That plays over with. Come on now. You never get over that. That'll be ever. He's scarred forever. That'll be on his headstone. Hey folks, it's a tuck rule. We're back for episode three. I'm Victoria, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host Katie. Say what's up, Katie. What's up, Katie? And today, given that there is actual college football being played this week, actual real meaningful football is being played this week we wanted to yeah i wouldn't go that far but yeah uh hawaii ucla that's a football game you can watch it it's well you can you know i wouldn't recommend it well i mean i would but you have to tamper your expectations like it's not gonna be it's not gonna be watchable but it'll be something resembling the variety of football that isn't preseason so yeah. For sure. And you get to see Scott Frost coach against Brett Bielema at 1 p.m. on Fox if you're a freak. If you get nasty like that, you can watch it. Oh, boy. Um, you get to see... Ho- oh, Listen, God. you get to see Hawaii play at 3.30. How often can you do that? You got to take advantage Not of that at all. you can. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Hawaii test Usually, is easy this week. Yeah. Usually, you have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning. Then here you go, 3.30 p.m. Yeah, so there it, it is week zero college football. We're, I don't think we need to talk about that for much longer, but we wanted to do a snapshot, I would say, of the upcoming college football season. Uh, we're going to cram like 130 teams into like a like roughly less than an hour of podcasting. I think we can do that, no problem, right? Absolutely. Yeah, no problem for us. We're, we're, we're beautiful. We are beautiful women who can do anything, including preview an entire nation of college football in less than an hour so exactly there you go that's what feminism is so uh our philosophy for this is that we're going to talk about the stuff that we want to talk about that we think is fun um and we're going to talk about those things for as long as we feel like we should talk about them so we might gloss over some of the teams that like i don't think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about fucking clemson i think we're going to spend time talking about teams that actually don't make us want to die yeah so that, that, that's uh, generally the plan here. This is not going to be one of those things where we just review the top 25 and just say, oh, well, there you go. That's your college football preview. We're actually going to try and give you a more... It's a snapshot, but we're going to give you kind of a connoisseur's taste of college football. So uh, I think we wanted to start off our preview uh, with arguably maybe last year's like biggest, most pleasant surprise, which would be everything that the Sun Belt did last year was just wonderful. It was easily, like, the most entertaining conference out there. And also, I, I 
I just want, I wanted to kind of get into this. Like, I wanted to lead off with the Sun Belt because you had the most college football college football game last year, which was BYU versus Coastal Carolina. It was scheduled, I think, in like six days. So if you're not familiar with Coastal Carolina, it's it's this school near Myrtle Beach. Um, it has a pretty decent football history, given it was founded in like the early 2000s, but. Last year, like, everything just kind of came together for them. And what ended up happening between them and BYU was just... It was just so very... So very fun. I'm not saying it was the best played game of the year, but it was certainly, for me, the most fun. For me, that game was, like, proof of why we need some sort of, like, group of five playoff. Which, obviously, now that we're going to have a... Like, now that we're going to have at least one group of five team in the playoff every year whenever we do expand the 12 teams, I don't know when that's happening, actually. But in the indeterminate future when that happens, yeah, that would be very fun. Um, so I think that in terms of discussing the Sun Belt this year, I just want to ask, can it possibly be as fun as it was last year? Or was you know, that a flash I, in the pan? You know, I actually think it can because... The really fun thing about the Sun Belt this year is you have two teams, and I'm not kidding, two teams start off ranked. Louisiana, I think, is 23rd, and Coastal Carolina is 24th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, That's only Louisiana. one less than the ACC. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's what I'm saying. But, anyways, you have this, you have these two teams in Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. Um, the Sun Belt has 10 teams, but they have, like, two divisions, which is... I can't remember. I don't know if there is a specific setup in college football that's quite like it. Um, but anyways... Not really, I don't they, think. You have these two teams, and both of them are really fun to watch for different reasons. Like, um, this one's going to be fun. Louisiana, I think, is going to be at Texas week one, which... Um, uh, that, I wouldn't even call an upset if Louisiana wins. They're just that good. Um, if Bill Connolly's numbers are correct, I think they're bringing back something like 96% of their returning production from last year. Um, which, yeah, that was a 10-1 team. Like, that was... They um, beat a really good uh, Iowa State team in there, too. Yeah. We'll get to Iowa State later on, but, you know, that's a team that will legitimately compete for the playoff this year but when you get so when you're talking about louisiana they have like everyone back and they've got their coach billy napier back who if you've never heard of him you will because he is going to be in the power five at some point like i i don't see how louisiana can keep him but you go over east and you have coastal carolina um they have this quarterback in grayson mccall who is he makes the offense go. He's the most fun player, I think, in the entire league. And he's also the best because they voted him player of the year. Um, but he's just this tremendous option quarterback. And I think calling him an option quarterback even is a little deceptive because yeah, Coastal Carolina, yeah, Coastal Carolina runs like a very unique... Um, it's, it's an option offense, but it's based out of the pistol. And they actually throw the ball, so it's not really like an option. We stand gunbone here. I I love everything that that offense does. Absolutely. Like, oh yeah, and he averaged over ten yards an attempt, which I mean that's that's absurd. I think Mac Jones was somewhere around that. So that's the kind of quarterback you're dealing with here, and so you have this really really fun setup with these two giants, and of course um, below that you have Appalachian State, who we haven't even said a fucking word about yet. 
who have always had a strong program and will continue probably to have a strong program. I think they'll be in the hunt, too. I don't know. They're not quite on the same level, but, you know, they'll definitely be a threat for that title. Um, and then you have the teams under them. I mean, I think Arkansas State lost Blake Anderson to Utah State, but that team usually has some pretty good talent, too. That's always a good team to... That's always a great team if you're just, like, flipping around channels on Wednesday night. Yeah. It's always just a great team to find. It's a very good program for that sort of thing. Um, and the rest of the league, I mean, we don't have to, like, go all the way down. I mean, there's also Troy. I forgot about Troy. Troy's, Troy's awesome. Also, and they're usually a strong program, too. So you've got, you have five or six programs that are usually pretty good. And I think that's what makes the Sun Belt so compelling. And plus... The spread style of play in that league is so... It's so fun. Like, I like it's just... It's good fun. It's its pure candy in terms of football. Like, that's what I'd compare it to. So, to go from super fun group of five teams to another super fun group of five team and conference, uh, who might actually have the best shot at putting a team in the 14 playoff that we've ever seen, maybe, we have... Cincinnati and the rest of the American. Katie, I want to believe. I want to believe that Cincinnati can do this. Uh, can you, know, you make a case for that happening? You know, I think I can. It's a very small shot. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but this is a team that they rely mostly on their defense. They have two guys who... They have two guys that will legitimately be first-round players in the NFL. Like I, like I totally believe that, and they probably have a bunch more who can be drafted. Um, they returned Desmond Ritter, who is their. If you've never seen this guy play, I mean, he's he he's a true dual-threat guy. Um, he can, you know, he can throw the ball just about as well as he can run it, and he can run it pretty fucking good. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's possible. Like. And I think the reason it is possible is because there's two games on their schedule that I think if they can win and win comfortably, I think I think the playoff committee is going to have to at least consider it a little bit. And those two games are on September 18th, they play at Indiana. Now, Indiana, I believe, is ranked 17th, if I'm not mistaken. We know how much the playoff committee talks about Loyal. Like, you know, strength schedule and all that, but you know, this two games, it's vital for them, but they're at Indiana, which Indiana is going to be a Big Ten contender, given how far the drop-off I think will be for Ohio State, but we'll get to them later, too. Um, so, they have that game, and then two weeks later, which I think this is great, because they get a bye week. They're at Notre Dame. Now, that, if they win that game, if they go 2-0 and through that stretch and they go undefeated, I think it's certainly possible that the playoff committee just says, hey, look, you know, we may not have anyone else here at this fourth slot. Why don't we take Cincinnati? Yeah. But there's a huge but there, and that is the playoff committee will always dramatically underrank a G5, no matter how, what their accomplishments are. They never rank group of five teams very highly. So that's why I think... Yeah, I can make the case, but I'm probably going to say that they're left out again. Unfortunately, that's how college football is right now. Yeah. So, sorry, Victoria. Uh, yeah, like, I uh, I know, I know, and I knew that 
the playoff committee will just look at, you know, let's say that Cincinnati does go undefeated with those wins, that they will look at Cincinnati and simply go, what if not? What if not? What if instead we put in two lost Georgia? Or to fucking two loss Ohio State or something. Unfortunate. Um, on to uh, the rest of the group of five. Um, Conference USA, the least interesting FBS league, I think. Will they do anything of note this season? So that league is one of those things where you, uh, UAB has a neutral site game in Montgomery against Jacksonville State. They could lose that game and still win the league. Like that's how that's how weird Conference USA could be as far as, you know, anything interesting in terms of football or just not really. I mean, UTSA has a pretty good running back who was actually named by Dave Campbell uh, who produces the very famous Texas Football Magazine which ranks I think like every team in Texas in high school, college and pro. He was named by them as the player of the year in the state, which there's 12 teams in the state of Texas. I mean, that's practically a conference in and of itself. So, so yeah, watch Sincere McCormick, who is the running back for UTSA, and uh, care about absolutely nothing else because there's not, there's not a lot there. Onwards to the other uh, less interesting group of five conference, the MAC. None of these teams will be all that interesting. Buffalo was fun last year. Um, it seems like Ball State is the favorite. But this conference, all it does is produce fun individual players. Uh, do you have any fun individual players from the MAC you want to tell me about? Okay, I have two. One of them is I scouted two players from the MAC last year and. The one guy from this league that is still there, the other guy I was talking about was Jared Patterson, who is, yeah, he's going to be a very good running back for the Washington football team, but anyways, the other guy is Caleb Ellaby, who is this quarterback at Western Michigan. He just is so fun to watch, I think, because he's a great passer, but like he keeps plays, he keeps plays alive so well that you're just kind of mesmerized by the guy. Um, he tied Mac Jones as leader in the country in yards per attempt. He averaged 11.2 yards every time he threw the football. That's how good he was. Um, there is one more guy. Um, I think he's more of a draft. I think the draft guys like him a lot more. Um, Dustin Crum, he's a quarterback for Kent State, who... I know that's a weird one, but he completed 74% of his passes last year. And he did it at 10 and a half yards an attempt. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that, like, um, we'll say someone like Carolina in a couple years says, oh, this is going to be the savior of our franchise. Like, that just, he feels like that kind of guy. But he's actually the backup. That's kind of where I think he slots in. But after that, I don't really have anyone else like that interesting to watch. So that is, that's about it. Okay. Goodbye, Mac. Um, who knows? Maybe Buffalo will be fun and my city will be slightly more tolerable. Um, <laughs> onto the last group of five uh, conference, the Mountain West. This is Boise State's fiefdom traditionally uh, ever since they, they were in the WAC originally and moved here, right? I'm not making that up? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You've got it right. Okay. Since Boise joined the Mountain West, they've they've kind of run the show. But uh, they had some legitimate challengers last year, and they have another one this year. Can Boise stay on top, even though teams like 
Nevada and San Jose State appear to be knocking on the door. Okay, actually, I don't think so. Because Nevada has two guys, I think, that will be legitimate NFL guys. And Carson Strong, who is their quarterback, that guy's probably going to end up being a top 10 or top 5 pick. He's... He's 6'4", 215, like, he checks off every single measurable you can possibly think of. When you're dealing with that kind of talent, and he's got a receiver, too, who put up a 1,000-yard season. Um, So they have a really great offense, and I think that that is what's going to get him over the line in the Mountain West this year. I think San Jose State will be a challenger, too, but I really think... I'm really high on Nevada in this league. They just... They've got most of their guys back, I think. If they can even, like, kind of improve on defense, like, yeah, I think they'll win the league. Um, You know, and I think Boise State's not out of it because I don't think that they're ever out of it. But, like, you're bringing in a new coach, and I've never been that impressed by Hank Bachmeyer, who's quarterback. I've never... I really think this is a Nevada... This is Nevada's time to shine in the league this year, which... I think that's really interesting and fun for a league that traditionally Boise State, like you said, runs. So that to me is kind of how I see the Mountain West. Cool. So with that, uh, we're going to move on to the Power Five. These are the conferences that will actually send teams to the playoffs. Uh, Well, I guess except for the one that we're going to start with, Pac-12. A Pac-12 team will not make the playoff. That's going to be my hot take. But... Can you explain to me succinctly what the fuck is happening over at USC? Uh, they want to fire Clay Helton, but they can't because they don't have any money and they don't have the power to do so. Um, but they could have a Rose Bowl this year. I'm just saying, like, last year the Pac-12 was very, very weird. And to give you an indication of how weird it was, fucking Oregon, who won the league, had a 4-3 and record last year. Because they only played six games, and the Pac-12 didn't tr- didn't even try to make up anything. So the league essentially—I won't say it's on a two—it's been on a two-year hiatus, but it's definitely you're not going to be able to take much, I think. But USC has a lot of guys who are who have pro talent, and I think with Keaton Slovis, it's a pretty good quarterback. But it's so weird. It's so weird. I think USC will win the league title, even though, I, if I remember correctly, Oregon um, Oregon is the media favorite. But I think USC will win it just because there's not really much in this league to kind of sink your teeth into. Like, USC has most of the pro prospects in this league. And while Oregon does have Kayvon Thibodeau, I just don't see it for them. I think... If I remember correctly, uh, Slough, who was the quarterback at Oregon a year ago, transferred to Texas Tech. Um, so I think USC is, they're probably going to win the league, at least in my estimation. I don't think they're going to make the playoff, but they could have a Rose Bowl, and that's not thats not a bad consolation prize at all. So so uh, onwards to the conferences that, ac- that can actually send teams to the playoff. The ACC. Um... Katie, I'm so fucking tired of Clemson. So tired of Clemson. Do you think that North Carolina or Miami can actually do the fucking thing? Uh, yes, actually. I think another team can overtake Clemson. It's just... I think North Carolina is getting a lot of preseason hype, but they have Sam Howell, obviously, but outside of 
They also have Tennessee transfer Ty Chandler, but outside of that, like, you're replacing a lot of pieces on this team. And Miami is lurking back there. I, for my money, I think Miami might be a dark horse national title contender, just just based on the fact that I like De'Aaron King that much. Like, they don't have, Miami doesn't have Jalen Phillips, but they do have De'Aaron King. And De'Aaron King is, if you've never watched this guy play, he's a treat. He's 5'11", so he's a small guy, but he can run around the field, he can make all the throws, he's just, he's just so much fun to watch. So, can another team do it? My answer is, they can, but God, Clemson, Clemson, they're still loaded. I mean, I love DJ Uangalele, like, that dude came in for two games last year and balled the fuck out. I'm not, like, I can't say that I'm not going to pick Clemson here. Because I am going to pick Clemson, unfortunately. But, to leave you, Victoria, my adorable co-host, with a little hope, yes, I think North Carolina or Miami could beat them out. Like, I think it's possible. Okay. So, yeah. Some hope is better than none. Onwards to the Big Ten. Uh, this is another just absolute behemoth of a program who's lost a lot, Ohio State. Have a hard time seeing any team that is not Ohio State from this from this league making it to the playoff, unless it's like maybe Penn State or some shit like that, uh, which yeah. I doubt it this year. Can Ohio State fill all their holes like they always do, or, are, or is there maybe one year here where they might be slightly vulnerable? Uh, I think it's the latter, because Ohio State is replacing something like... God, I can't even... They're, like, bottom five in FBS in terms of returning production. You combine that. You have a new quarterback in C.J. Stroud, who, admittedly, he's like most five-star quarterbacks. Like, he's he's a complete fucking package. It's still... You're still... You're still breaking in a new quarterback. You still have Chris Olave, so that's good. But, yeah, I think there's a little bit of opening here. I, I think if... I think if Wisconsin is going to break through and win this league, this has to be the year. Because I don't think that the league will be this wide open. It probably won't be this wide open for a few years. Um, You mentioned Penn State. I think that's a... I don't know if that's a possibility. I I know people are high on them because they won the last four games last year. Because I think they started 0-5 and then went 4-0 down the stretch. So... I'm not a huge fan of Penn State um, in that regard. Iowa, maybe, just because, unfortunately, Kirk Ferentz runs a very, very consistent program year in and year out. And the reason I say unfortunately is I'm just, I'm not a fan of Iowa style, but I think it's, I think it's open. I think Wisconsin can do this. And I don't know if Ohio State's ranking is quite... I don't think they're a top five team right now. They could be, but they've lost so much that I kind of am in that, you know, put them in that six to ten range. And I know that's kind of controversial, but that's just how I see it right now. Um, So, yeah, it's open. It's definitely open. Hell yeah. Onwards to the Big 12. Oh boy, this will be a fun (laughs) conference this year. Uh, Uh, With Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the ACC in 2024 or whatever. Uh, Texas okay, and Oklahoma but I thought it was the, the WAC. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, last I heard, it was the Big East. So, 
I think that the protagonist of like Power Five college football this year has to be Iowa State. Uh-huh. Both for how good they are right now, how much of a chance they have to like finally do the fucking thing after being in this league for how many years, and uh, just yeah. every just everyone's going to be hating Texas and Oklahoma this year. So just I don't even know if I have a question here. Just I want this podcast to be like an Iowa State mood board. Like I'm just cheering for them so hard. You know I am too, and. This is not a charity team. This is not like this is not a team that people are just sympathetic towards. This team has a legitimate Heisman contender in Brees Hall, who, by the way, led the nation in rushing last year and ran for 21 fucking touchdowns in 11 games. Uh, Brock Purdy, who is another Heisman Trophy contender, and Will McDonald, who led the nation in sacks last year. Like this is a legitimately good football team. And they can take it to Oklahoma and Texas. And Texas, I don't think it's going to be that good. So I, in our show notes, I have quite a lot. Um, I didn't even include Texas in anything. I mean, they're just, they don't really factor in much. I mean, it's interesting that Steve Sarkeesian's there. But I don't think that they're going to be much of a factor. Oklahoma obviously will be. And Spencer Rattler is... Spencer Rattler is probably your Heisman Trophy frontrunner, I think, um, besides Sam Howell. But, you know, I'm with you, Victoria. Like, I think Iowa State can do this, and I want them to do it. Because I love Matt Campbell. Like, this dude turned down $70 million from the fucking Lions last year. Like, to coach Iowa State. A wise decision. I might also turn down $70 million from the Lions. And I I make minimum wage, (laughs) and I might still do that. (laughs) So yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on Iowa State this year. So fuck yeah, yeah. Oh, Iowa State, do it, do it, and be legends. Do it and be fucking legends. So that leaves one Power Five conference left: the SEC, uh, the just an absolutely despicable conference. Uh, other than my balls, <laughs> other than my balls, that's right. I fucking hate this that's conference. That's right. Obviously, Bama's still Bama. They still have Nick Saban, but they have to replace like everyone on offense. Uh, on the other side of the coin, Georgia and AM. Um, AM obviously has to break in a, a new quarterback, but it seems like they've picked up a lot of talent. Same with Georgia. They both seem like actual contenders to like maybe make the playoff. So my question is, can Alabama just summon more five stars and plug all the ho- and plug all those holes and still be just as good, or do we think that maybe Georgia can actually do it? Little of column A, little of column B, I think. Um, like you said, Alabama has to replace nearly everyone. They've got... They still obviously have five stars all over the ball, and they'll still have NFL talent on this roster. It's just... You're breaking in so many new guys that I think this might end up being a year kind of like 2010, where, you know, they weren't... They weren't a juggernaut. I think they finished with, like, two or three losses that year. I know Bama's, like, overall, like, consensus number one. I'm not I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be, but it's open. Like, this is a very... This is a different SEC, I think, than last year. Um, to me, the most interesting thing in this league is going to be how JT Daniels actually plays. Because... I think he is the biggest pivot player in terms of how is this league going to go? If he stays on the field, he put up great numbers last year, 
Georgia, I think, has the talent to take it to anyone. And I think that the door's open. I think Georgia can do it. Texas A&M has a lot of talent. I know Isaiah Spiller is there. I know that they've got they've got a lot of guys that are just athletic freaks at A&M. So, yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I think Bama obviously can still do this. Um, but it's nowhere. It's not like last year. It's not like this is a foregone conclusion. So, yeah, I think there's some. I think there's some reason to be optimistic in this league. Um, at least I hope so. Given this is the league that, this is my home league. Obviously, um, this is the league I watch more than any other. Um, Tennessee's gonna do it, so right? Yeah, Tennessee's gonna win the East uh, this year. Uh, it feels like '98. That's what I'm gonna say. But yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. anyways. But yeah, this is this is an open league. I I think that's. I think it's going to be fun this year to see what happens. So, yeah. So, with that, we've we've surveyed all 10 FBS conferences. Katie, who is your national champion? Oh, I think you're going to love this one. I am going to go all in, and I am going to say it is Iowa State. I know. Fuck yeah. I know. But they have every single piece that you need and that you want in a national championship contender. The traditional powers are pretty much down, or at least have question marks, and Iowa State doesn't. So, for me, it's pretty logical to say, like, Iowa State can fucking win this thing. And I just, oh my god, I love that. I'm getting an adrenaline rush just saying it, because <laughs> it just, ah. It's not supposed so to happen. Good. It's not supposed to happen. No! And it might! It legitimately... It legitimately might, and I'm just... That excites me. So, Victoria, I have to ask you now, who do you think is going to be national champion? Uh, I don't think my answer is quite as fun, but I'm still... Um, I'm still outside of the box. Um, <sighs> Georgia's really good this year, Katie. Like, Georgia's, yeah. Georgia's really good. Like, Georgia might have uh. a more talented roster than Bama. I'm just going to throw that out there. Like, their roster's crazy talented. They don't have to replace a quarterback. They have, like, if we assume that the offense is on a positive, is, like, still on a positive trajectory and that defense is just going to be nails like it always is, I think Georgia's a really good national champion uh, pick. Depending on what the odds are like, that would be probably a pretty valuable bet to make. Yeah, so I think that my pick's going to be Georgia, which uh, it's it's very funny that... Uh, when pressed, our national champions were Iowa State and Georgia. Um, <laughs> just a very... God, oh, what a fucking championship game that would be, though. Just what a ridiculous national championship game that would be. That would be the ultimate meme championship game. Just, oh my god. So many, just, so, many can, so many, strong emotions. Can you imagine Twitter during that game? Just absurd. I am in love with the idea of Iowa State winning a national championship and then in two years the big 12 dissolves and like they just have to join the fucking mac like can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine matt campbell winning the national championship taking the job at fucking michigan and then two years later iowa state is just like a middling mac team i cannot think of like a better possible outcome that's so funny okay uh i think that we've just previewed all of college football at least all of fbs football in under an hour that's pretty wild to me how do you feel about what we just did 
I think it's good. I mean, it gives you the 10,000 foot view, and I think if you're new to college football, it gives you something that, I think it gives you something that you may not have known, and if you're a returning fan, it's a good brush up, you know, it's a good touch up. So, yeah, I think we did good. Hell yeah. So, I think we're gonna get out of here. So obviously, uh, I'm Victoria. You can find me on Twitter at DirtbagQueer. Where can they find you, Katie? I am at Kates of Heaven on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show account at at TuckRulePod. We're working on further distribution still. I finally figured out what the snag was this week, and it's our wonderful show art. The fascist 1984-like podcasting deep state has chosen oh, to silence us for our wonderful cover art. So I have edited the cover art to hopefully uh, not have that be a factor anymore. So hopefully we'll be <laughs> on Apple Podcasts soon. If not, you can always plug us wherever you need us to be using our RSS feed. I'll plug that on Twitter again. So yeah, we have an NFL preview coming up next week. We have a guest that I'm very excited about. Our first guest. Yeah, pretty stoked about that. Katie, why don't you bring us home? Brock Purdy eats bussy. <laughs> <laughs>